millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The Mindset of Weight Cutting. This is one of the most overlooked aspects of cutting weight as a wrestler or as an MMA fighter. How do you cut weight? We know about uh, nutrition. We know about exercise. But what about the mindset, the whole mind behind cutting weight? I'm Gene Snetty and Jeff Snetty, your coast-to-coast mm-hmm. mindset coaches from Wrestling Mindset. Excited to bring you another great episode of Mindset Monday. That's right. We're excited to be back together. So the first question we're going to propose here is how much weight should you cut? And, of course, the answer is going to be it depends. The first thing it's going to depend on is your age, right? Right. So it depends upon your, your, your age, your body fat percentage, where you're at right now. So your age, at a young age, you need to really determine what your ultimate goal is. What's your ultimate goal for wrestling? Is it to be a state champ? Is it to be a national champ? Is it to be an Olympic champ? And you really need to do some serious soul searching with that because the true answer to that question is going to dictate how you're, how you're training and the, the, basically the decisions you make and one of those decisions being what weight class you should go in. But as a general rule, this, the answer still is not very much weight you should be cutting. Not much weight. And then especially as, as a youth or rec wrestler, you should be cutting almost no weight. Right? I remember when we wrestled when we were kids, the extent of our, our weight cutting or weight management was we'd go to weigh in and we'd want to eat breakfast in the morning and our dad would tell us, why don't you eat breakfast after you weigh in? So that's that's about all you should be doing when you're when you're a rec wrestler, right under middle school. So in other words, no weight cutting below middle school. Right. We would get up. We would get up in the morning on the, on our way to an, an off season tournament or even in season. And it was mostly Madison style back then, which we're going to hit on anyway. But uh, yeah, we'd be hitting these off season tournaments, and our dad would say, well, you know, eat breakfast after weigh-ins. That was that was literally it. That was it. And then middle school it shouldn't be too much either, right? You shouldn't be cutting more than a few pounds in middle school. It should be very little weight in middle school. And then as you get into high school, you know, that's when, you know, if you've been wrestling for a little bit longer, you could get into a little bit more. I don't want to say weight cutting, but weight management. And there was actually a study we talked about in one of our prior podcasts in the International Journal of Wrestler, Wrestling Sciences. And they call it the 
There you go, the, the 5% rule. So it's a good rule of thumb that you should never be cutting more than 5% of what you're just normally or naturally walking around at. So 5% is, the, is that rule of thumb. And um, yeah, I would say for high school, college, and then beyond that, I would go by the 5% rule. And they basically it showed in the study that after 5%, people were having negative effects physically and mentally. We'll get into some of the mental effects later, but then just physically more injuries from, uh, from cutting more than 5% of your body weight. Brazil, the national sport is soccer. Wrestling, it might be football. In the past, it was the national pastime baseball. But in Iran, that is the national sport. Wrestling is the national sport in Iran. I bring that up because this, this article in the International Journal of Wrestling Science was done on Iranian wrestlers. Point being, it's serious business in that country. And let me, let me give you some of the, the results that they found when they were studying about um, rapid weight loss. The best competition weight for athletes is their normal weight. Research has shown that a body fat content between 7 to 9% in men and 12 to 15% in women has the greatest effect on metabolism. All reactions in the body are noticeably affected by a lack of water. In a dehydrated state, the physiological response of the body is damaged and athletic performance is decreased. Studies show that the short-term weight loss cases, disturbances in biochemical and hormonal activity, body composition, and resting metabolic rate. So that's it. The studies are in for men between seven and nine percent body fat and for women between 12 and 15 percent. That's your ideal body fat for performance in wrestling as per the studies done in Iran. Yep. And here, here's some other studies that we have here. So this was getting into, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the one of the things we're going to talk about. Less body fat isn't always better. Right. Kind of as a young wrestler, as a kid, you just assume that you know, less body fat is better. You know, people start to brag about how little body fat they had during the season. Well, that's not necessarily a good thing. So here are some other studies that have been done. Um, these these were all men or, or, you know, young men or boys. So let's look at what we have here. 2010 World and European Championships, 92 participants. The average was 10.3% for lightweights, 11% for middleweights. So 10.3 and 11%. The 1997 U.S. World Team, 10 participants, 7.6% average body fat. And then 6.5% excluding the heavyweight. So that's that's the lowest of all these studies. So and that's excluding the heavyweight. So 6.5% bare minimum here. Um, 2011 elite junior Iranians, 70 participants, 10.6% body fat. And again, like Gene stated, obviously wrestling is serious business in Iran. Um, the exercise site physiology textbook studies shows that the best body fat for wrestling is 8.4% body fat. And then finally, going back to the International Journal of Wrestle Wrestling Science recommendation, between 7 and 9%, which Gene stated. So it's not as low as, as most people actually think that it, that it should be. Right, exactly. When you're a kid, I think about Rocky IV. You want to be shredded, ripped, tan. And, um, and larger than life, basically. If you think of, you basically think about the bodybuilding mentality where it's like, you're gonna have six pack abs, the, the serratus muscles that just, just chiseled and cut to the bone. And when you look at the Olympians, they don't look like that. They're in great shape. They look strong, they do look ripped, but they don't look like bodybuilders. Bodybuilders, remember, and I know I'm getting into the minutiae, but really quickly, bodybuilders are cutting carbs. You cannot cut carbs in a sport that demands cardiovascular output. You can't do it. Our exercise science classes, when I was going for my master's degree, they said it. You cannot be cutting carbs 
if you're if you're a serious athlete, that's the pro, that's the best fuel, that's optimal fuel for athletic performance. So, for, so forget about Atkins and South Beach diet. It's out. And I knew a lot of guys oh. in our college teams that were doing that. They were miserable. And back and back to the studies right here, it says that the number the most common side effects of rapid weight loss among young young elite athletes, wrestlers, were dizziness, irritability, and poor concentration. Have any of you felt that before? That's right. Well, let's go right into that. So that was one of the other topics I have here. What are the, the dangers mentally of cutting too much weight? Because we know physically you're more likely to get injured, right? That's that's an obvious thing, less, less recovery. Um, but what are the mental dangers of cutting too much weight? So go, go through that again. Well, these are just some of the, these are the symptoms basically. Okay. And then I'll, I'll go through them again. Dizziness, irritability, poor concentration. You could factor into that if you're a parent, wrestling parent, you know, the, your kid's maybe not treating everyone in the most loving way. Um, impatience, right? It's, um, we see bad it all mood. the time. Just a bad mood. Yeah. Mood. Um, lack, lack of motivation, I would say, would be the first thing, right? Probably more people quit wrestling than anything else because of weight cutting. Burnout. And even if they don't, they don't quit, they're burnt out, their motivation is lower. So if your heart isn't in it, what good is it? So you're, you're wrestling, you're cutting weight, but you're not going to be wrestling optimally. You're not going to grow and develop as, as fast as you can because you're cutting weight. And at the end of the day, it's a sport. So you should really enjoy what you're doing. Right? Wrestling, in a way, is actually your downtime. Right. One of, one of the most common things that we hear from wrestlers, tens and thousands of wrestlers over the past 12, 13 years have been working with them. Uh, burnout, and the way the wrestler words it, their wording to us is... I, you know, I hate wrestling. I'm not enjoying wrestling anymore. And as a scientist, you want to isolate variables. You want to see what exactly it is. So if a wrestler tells me I hate wrestling or I'm not enjoying wrestling anymore, I just don't love it anymore. My first response to them is, well, what if you went up a weight class? What if you went up two weight classes? And they said, yeah, I would like, I would like wrestling a lot more then. Okay. So it's not that you don't like wrestling. It's not that you, you don't like the sport. It's that you don't like the weight cutting. Pretty yeah. simple. And then another another negative um, mental effect, I would say, of, of cutting too much weight would just be reduced focus and concentration, right? On the mat, coach is teaching you a move. It's going to be tougher to focus. It's going to be tougher to concentrate and maybe grasp the intricacies of, of a technique, not to mention academically, right? Just think back to times maybe where you cut weight. Now you have a full day of school before you're wrestling. You're already thinking about your match maybe later. And then the whole day you're, you're not eating, you're malnourished, you're not drinking too much water. So concentration and focus, right? We got to get it done academically. We say it all the time. But, you know, if you're cutting too much weight, forget about that. There's no way you're going to be able to perform as well academically. And we know there are a lot of wrestlers who their grades take the biggest hit in wrestling season. Of course, we know there's some wrestlers who they do better during the season, but a lot of them do worse. And a lot of that is specifically related to cutting weight. Yep. And then the other thing is we, everyone talks about growing the sport. One of the first things, so now I have young kids, I have, I have three young sons, five, four, and two. So people are starting to ask some questions about wrestling, right? And the, the first thing that you always hear for parents that don't want their kid to wrestle, they say, well, I don't want my kid to have to cut weight. I don't want them to have to spit in a cup. I don't want them to have to wear, you know, a rubber suit and go in the sauna. I don't want them to stunt their growth. So if we're trying to grow, grow the sport, you know, we have to, we have to take, a, you know, cutting weight. We got to basically throw it in the trash for the most part. Right. 
And how many times do we hear from from wrestlers? And one of the another big complaint that we're hearing from wrestlers, they're saying, they're you know the guys they were wrestling. One of the biggest excuses at a tournament, at a match, those guys were too big. I was wrestling someone who was really big. Again, isolating variables. That's our job. We say, okay, what do you normally do in practice? Let's let's just say the kid's wrestling at. We'll make it an even 140 pounds, right? So I wrestled 140 pounds. I know it's not a weight class, but just say 140 pounds. And then you're cutting, that's what you normally weigh. In practice, who's your partner? Well, he weighs 155 pounds. And what weight are you going in the season? You're going 130. So in other words, in practice, let me get this straight. You're telling me at 130 pounds, after you cut 10 pounds, you're wrestling a guy who also weighed in at 130 pounds. And you're telling me that he's too big for you. Meanwhile, in practice, you're weighing scratch weight 140 and you're wrestling against someone who objectively weighs 15 pounds heavier than you, and he's not too big, and you're feeling really strong. What's going on there? A lot of you coaches, a lot of you parents, and a lot of you athletes, you got it in your head. The problem is your head. You're thinking that you need to be a certain weight class. So one of the simplest things you could do as a parent, coach, or wrestler is to adopt that mentality that wrestling's wrestling. We get it. Cutting weight is part of the sport. Cutting some weight is part of the sport. But you need to have more of the Kyle Dake, Frank Chimizo mentality of, you know, I'll take on anyone at any weight anywhere. And it's not just them. It's many of the top wrestlers. I know we're going to get into that. Yeah, well, you look at David Taylor. He's doing his best wrestler, wrestling now, and he's, he's up a weight. Um, I was going to say, we, we put out a blog, Three Mindset Rules for Cutting Weight. I'll link that in the show notes. But I thought one of them would be good to touch on. We talked about less body fat isn't always better. The other one is cutting weight doesn't make you a better wrestler. Right. That's an important thing. Just because you're wrestling at a lower weight. Who told us that? What was the context? Coach G, our high school coach. There'd be times. So my senior year was the the year definitely by far in high school that I was cutting the most weight. And there'd be times where I was getting a little bit lazy. I I don't want to say slacking off, but I wasn't working like I normally did. And my coach noticed it and he'd yell in practice, hey, cutting weight doesn't make you a better wrestler. And he was just talking to the team. But I knew that he was he was actually talking to me. And I didn't like to hear it at the time, but looking back, I use that as a lesson all the time now because it's true, right? I cut weight. I'm down at a lower weight where I feel strong. Maybe I feel good, but that doesn't make me better, right? Getting better technically makes you better. Getting stronger makes you better. Just cutting weight in and of, of itself doesn't make you a better wrestler. So if you're going to cut the weight, if you're going to you know, take off a few extra pounds and suck some weight, it's not an excuse not to work hard. It's not good enough. And this isn't coming from a no one. Uh, Coach G, who Jeff's referring to, is Steve Giordano, two-time All-American in college, uh, high school state champion in New Jersey, one of the toughest states we know year in and year out. His son, Jake Giordano, multiple-time All-American at the College of New Jersey, and he's current wrestler now going for a national championship this year. So in other words, the man knew what he was talking about. And another coach that knew who he was talking about, I think about Zeke Jones when we were College of Penn. Didn't he say something to us frequently about how, you know, cutting weight, you do that after practice. That was brought up. Was that brought up there, or am I thinking of the Rutgers room? I don't remember too much. That might have been Rutgers. Might have been when I was over at Rutgers. I was there for three years before transferring to Penn, and the coaches would say, hey, the cutting weight, that's after practice. Right now you're getting better. Right now you're getting the conditioning in. Again, if you'll indulge me a brief detour, it's that when it's too many guys you see wearing sweats and long sleeves when they're doing sprints and live wrestling. I completely do not recommend that. That's that's one of the worst things you could do when you're doing speed drilling or when you're doing sprints or when you're doing live wrestling. Your goal is conditioning and to simulate a real wrestling match. 
No way should you be wearing long sleeves. Ideally, you're wearing a singlet and headgear because that's the conditions you need in a match. You don't want, you know, you're not going your hardest when you're in a when you're in long sleeves on. Kick them off. You got to know your purpose. The cutting weight comes after practice. That's right. All right, so let's talk about the advent of national tournaments year round. Right, when we were younger, most tournaments outside of like Fargo Senior Nationals that were out of season were what we called Madison style. So basically, you get to the tournament, you weigh what you weigh, and they group people in, you know, together. Sometimes people are five, 10 pounds heavier. Sometimes guys are a little bit lighter, but you're grouped randomly. So you're wrestling people bigger, people smaller. You don't know what weight class it's going to be, so you don't cut weight for them. Talk a little bit about that, Gene, and the, the advent of national tournaments year-round, where it's almost every tournament now you see, there's a, there's a certain weight class that you have to be at. That's rough. That's a to that is a very different that is a very different um, situation than what we had. Madison style was awesome. Uh, you couldn't cut so much weight. I would like to see it shift more back to that a little bit, especially the off-season tournaments. Um, I get it. Sometimes some weight classes are more are more stacked than others, or just you know larger quanti quantitatively. But it, it's important. It's when you, when you have that Madison style, you can't you don't want to think about cutting weight. You want to think about being naturally at a good weight because you might get paired and you might cut 10 pounds and then get grouped in with a group that's 15 pounds heavier than you. So you cut that weight for no reason. So you don't know if you're going to be on the upper end or the lower end of that of that bracket. Naturally, it's, it's great in one sense because now it gives you opportunities. It gives college coaches and scouts. Now they could see people throughout the whole year, not just in season. So that does help. Of course, it helps our business because we're able to speak to more people and there's there's big tournaments going on. You're constantly being tested. But, man, it changes that dynamic because a lot of times you're comp you're competing in a set weight class or when there's club duels. That's another thing we didn't have as much. I think when you were in high school, that just started more. Starting, club yeah. You have to be in a certain weight. So it changes the dynamics. And remember, as as a coach, I don't know if we want to hit on that point right now about the coaches thinking about that. We'll, we'll hit on that after, but... Yeah, I'd say we would recommend being very careful about that. You know, how many times are you making a specific weight class in the offseason? Because, you know, naturally, most people, most of the time during the season, we have to make a weight class. And during the season in high school and college, there's just a lot of weigh-ins. You know, that's a, that's, a, that's a grind on your body, right? That's just, that's a lot on your body. So I think you have to be really careful of how many times am I actually making a specific weight class in the offseason? You know, I get it. There's there's Fargo. There might be the Freestyle or Greco State Tournament. You know, but I would have those planned out. I would have a few events circled on the schedule, but I think less less again is better for that because um, at the end of the day, if you think about a high school career, if you have what do we say before the call? If you have four thing four competitions you're making weight for each year, or I don't know five or six times four years. Now that's 24, 25 times that you're thinking about making weight in the off season. And it's like, you know, you're probably thinking about making weight for a good month. Do the math. That's two years now, right? Two years now outside of the season, you're thinking about making a weight class. You know, that just, that could take away from a lot of just development and growth and focusing on getting better, right? We don't want practice to become weight watchers. It's get better at wrestling. And then if you have to do a little bit extra to make weight, make weight, but it's, Practice time is time to get better. You know, that's the time to jump levels. Right. And I, I think about us, just our, our own personal sample size. Uh, you, me, our brother Greg, 
we were not the most talented people. We didn't, you know, all circumstances weren't perfect. Certainly we did have many advantages, uh, but we didn't, you know, we didn't grow up in like this wrestling family of multiple generations. And, you know, for us, we loved the sport of wrestling. And I think that was a lot related to the fact that at a young age, it was never emphasized. Um, the, the weight cutting is what I'm speaking about here. Um, our, our One of our main individual coaches that we had, Don Ernst, who just passed away, God rest his soul. He worked with the, um, he was the U.S. scouting technician from 1975 to 1979. So he covered the 76 Olympics and multiple world championships. He never, ever, ever spoke about weight cutting or weight classes, ever. If you got the leg, it was never an excuse. If I got the leg and the guy kicked out or I didn't finish, if I said to him <laughs> he was too big, <laughs> the first thing Don would have said was, you need to get better technique. You need to finish faster. You need to get back on the ankle. It was never an excuse if the guy was too big. Yep, and I would say absolutely for, for Coach Don Ernst. And then really we had a lot of good coaches. I don't remember hearing about anyone even recommending a weight class to me until college, which again, college, you're older, you're more mature, your body's more developed, right? But I don't remember. It's a shout out to our rec coaches, middle school, high school, um, our club coach, Gene Lazark at CJA, right? Don Ernst, Gerard. It's like it was never about a weight class. It was get better technically. You know, how do you finish your takedown? How do you, you know, Matt returns somebody on top. How do you get out on bottom? It wasn't, you know, yeah, the guy was too big, too long, too strong. It's figure it out technically. So that's really a shout out to a lot of good people around us. And then our parents. It was never about, you know, you have to get down to this weight class. So all that stuff I think is important too. If an athlete is going to cut weight, it better be driven by by them. You know, if, if they're, so I, I guess we go into the unpopular topic after that. Right. We talked about this before the call. The coach is focused on the team. Right. So the coach might have think about a high school coach. If there's 14 weight classes, you might have 14 good wrestlers on the team. And now the hard part is, how do I get them into 14 different weight classes? So now I'm trying to take a limited amount of people and fit them into different weight classes, which, you know, sometimes you're you're trying to fit things into. Right. Uh, so maybe something that they don't they don't fit into those weight classes. Some guys are just the same weight class. So talk about that a little bit, the unpopular topic of coaches being so focused on the team and, you know, filling the lineup. Everyone has a role to play. The coach needs to think about the team. The mindset, you as an athlete, you need to think about yourself within the context of your team. An external mindset coach, someone from our team, if they're working with you personally, is not thinking about your team. They're thinking specifically about you. Now, it doesn't mean we're saying, you know, don't, you know, we're always saying be a good person, be a virtuous teammate, be a good teammate, help the people around you, help the people. But it's difficult because you're dealing with conflicting, um, what's the word I'm looking for there? The vocabulary escapes me. Incentives. You're dealing with conf incentives. conflicting yep. incentives and interests. The coach has to think first about the team. We spoke with a really good um, team, a really good coach recently, very recently within the past few weeks. And he said, we have a lot of good guys on the team. What did he say? What was his quote? Yeah, we have, I don't know how many good, you know, good wrestlers on the team. The hard part's going to be getting them to fit into the, the 14 weight classes. It's a common issue. We see that among all teams. I mean, that is, and that's a struggle for the coach. The coach needs to think about strategy. Yeah. The wrestler, the, the, but ultimately the coach's advice to the athlete, he's going to be thinking about the athlete. We're not saying the coaches have malintentions or they're trying to hurt the athlete, but a coach may recommend a weight class that is not optimal for the individual for the betterment of the team. Now, 
it's difficult because wrestling is a team sport, but it's ultimately an individual sport. And we all know that deep down. If your goal is to really be a state champ or a national champ, you need to be thinking about what is best for you. And that's what the mindset coach does. Us as the mindset coach, we're thinking about what's going to help you specifically, even if that may, and I, you know, I'm saying this in the best way possible, even if that might not be the optimal help for the team. And parents need to understand that, that you need to be thinking about the long term of your kid. And there's many wrestlers and, and a lot of these coaches too, they see it. We've all burnt at least one season just cutting weight where they should have basically gave us a, a, a JV, a JV track letter because we spent that year on the treadmill. <laughs> right? That's right. So, <laughs> so um, the point is a lot of coaches, they're thinking, they're mostly thinking about the team. You got to think about what is your ultimate goal, your health, and what is the optimal weight for you to get better? Because you only, you don't, you only have so much time. You only have so much time to be a state champ, national champ. That's right. Time isn't necessarily on your side when it comes to wrestling and, and youth sports. Um, I, I know you touched on it before, but I think we go back to it just thinking about the long term. If you're a, a middle school wrestler, a high school wrestler that knows, because not everyone knows at that point, but if you know that you want to wrestle and be a national champ or you want to be an All-American and you really are serious about, I want to be an All-American, I want to be a national champion, that's that's actually a great that's a great piece of information because then you just know it's like, it's going to be hard to do, right? We know how difficult it is to be an All-American, let alone a national champion or an Olympic champion. So if you know that at a young age, use that as a weapon. Don't cut weight because a lot of people are going to do it because, you know, maybe high school is it for them, right? So their senior year of high school, their junior year of high school, like that's, that's it for their wrestling career. So it kind of makes sense. You know, it's like if you get burnt out your last year, I guess it doesn't matter all that much. But if you know you want to wrestle and be successful at the next level or the level after that internationally, you know, just, you know that, all right, I have to just keep getting better. So when you're at these even national tournaments, go up a weight class, right? Maybe you could have went five and one or four and one, but instead you go three and two. That's not necessarily a failure, right? Because you might've been able to focus more on getting better technically. And even though you didn't perform as well, you might've performed even better, but if your record wasn't as good, you didn't place as high, but at the same time, you were actually developing, you were thinking about getting better each day in practice rather than weight watchers, making weight, getting down to weight. That's gonna, again, you compound that times five, 10 tournaments in a year, times three, four, five years, that's going to make an impact. You're going to thank yourself when you're a sophomore or junior in college if you didn't cut a ton of weight in middle school and high school. And again, going back to our angle from things, when we, we're hearing complaints all the time from wrestlers, parents, and coaches, wrestling mindset is a very, very unique insight to wrestlers that other people just don't have. And, it, and it's not just me. It's because we have our 80 mindset coaches. We've been doing it for a while. And it's sports psychology directed specifically towards wrestling. So we're seeing things from a very unique angle. One of the top critiques, critiques, complaints that we're seeing from people is, you know, I'm not in the right weight class. These guys are too big for me. And be honest, parents and coaches, be honest. How many times have you thought that too? My kid's undersized. He's, he's too small for the weight class. Almost all of us have thought about that. And some, and some of the wrestlers and some of the coaches and some of the parents really harp on them. It would be almost to the point where for some people it is a mental block that then we have to go in there as wrestling mindset and manually un unhook that link that has been created. 
people are obsessed about their weight class in wrestling. It's like, yeah. I get it. You, have to, you gotta be aware of it, right? There's gonna be some degree of weight cutting at some point in your wrestling career, most likely, right? We understand that, but we can't be obsessed. So somebody's a little bit heavier than us, no big deal, right? You just gotta get used to it. There's gonna be people that are heavier, that are taller, that are stronger, right? That are more jacked. But at the end of the day, it's like, we just gotta get used to wrestling different sizes. We gotta get better. We, gotta, we can't make excuses and we gotta get better technically. And this, so, is, um, and this is research yeah. based. We had people in our family, again, us being very blessed. We had family telling us the opposite. They were always telling us to go up in weight. Uh, I could think of um, our grandpa where he just honestly believed we could beat everyone. So he would say, just go up and wait. He'd say you're strong, just wrestle up and wait. And, and, and our uncle would say to us, it's good, just wrestle up because for him, he didn't want to see us suffering cutting weight, right? We're, we're not just saying this based on feelings or shooting from the hip. We're saying this based on the best available research, as well as a very unique angle that wrestling mindset is seeing the sport of wrestling through. And, and not hundreds, not thousands, but tens and thousands of wrestlers over the course of 13 years. We know what they're thinking. So we're not just blowing smoke, smoke here. That's right. I just wanted to re reference a quick excerpt from a book. So I just got Elite Youth Wrestling, right? So building champions, building champions from a young age, your blueprint to helping your child win on and off the mat and in life. Daniel Harding, actually one of our mindset coaches, Mindset Mike was one of the experts in the book. I'll read you a quick excerpt from the book. It says, I know I talked about burnout a fair amount already, but let me guarantee you one thing. Absolutely nothing will turn your son or daughter off from the sport of wrestling more than having to lose weight for a competition. So again, it's like the, he's talking about youth wrestling, rec wrestling. It says, the next line is, it's good for them. It builds character. It is a myth, it's a myth spread by most obtuse coaches who themselves have likely not skipped a meal since their junior high days. So again, absolutely nothing will turn your son or daughter more off from the sport of wrestling more than having to lose weight for a competition. He's saying this in the book, Daniel Harding, Elite Youth Wrestling. We agree with that. All the research is pointing towards that. Again, we've worked with thousands of wrestlers who have reiterated a similar thing. So especially when it comes to youth and rec wrestling, just stop cutting weight. <laughs> stop cutting weight. All right, next, next thing I wanted to jump into, a couple more topics here. Just examples. What are Gene, what are some examples about guys that have gone up in weight and just had had great success? You. <laughs> I think right. about so Jeff coming into high school weighed 92 pounds. The weight class was 103 at the time. So he was, I mean, he had to actually, right for the counties, you had to actually to weigh I in. Had, I had to drink a Gatorade to be above the minimum weight. I didn't even know that there was a minimum weight at the time. So it was 92 pounds as a freshman. So I had to drink a Gatorade. The ref actually made me do that. So I was heavy enough to compete at the tournament. So that was as a freshman. So another, I know this isn't the same exact situation that we're talking about, but we're speaking about a wrestler, a serious wrestler who's undersized. In this case, just because he had to be. The lowest weight class is 103. And Jeff, freshman year, it's like 92 pounds. Sophomore year, region champ weighing basically 100 pounds soaking wet. Finally grows into his weight. And then at 112 as and as a junior, as a junior, and I mean basically people that that you lost to even people that you were pinned. Now you're teching those people, guys that you're you 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 were eking out a one point or overtime win in the regions. Now you're majoring, teching, and pinning those people and taking third in the state, only having one loss the whole year. So that's one example right there. At least at a local level in our personal experience, seeing that Greg, 
our brother, Gre Father Greg Zanetti right now, he was 140 as a, as a junior, didn't make it out of the out of the regions. In New Jersey, you have to be top three at the time to make it out of the regions. Didn't make it out, went 0-2 at the regions, went up to 152 the next year, placed second in the state. That's at the local level. Now let's give some examples of people around the or that you would be familiar with their names or some of them. I'd say Mike Kemmer is a good example, right? He started college at 49-57. I mean, I think he took third as as a freshman, redshirt freshman maybe. But he's he's done his best wrestling at 174, right? He goes all the way up to 174 and he beats Mark Hall in that famous dual meet and makes um makes the national finals this year. So he's he's saved his best wrestling for the highest weight class. I think he was 103 in high school as well. He'd be one guy that most people know. Then you have your Dakes and Taylor, right? Obviously, Kyle Dake kept going up in college, and he keep he keep be, he kept beating better and better people in the in the nationals. And then you know at the world championship, we were talking about this yesterday. He's a two-time world champ, ten weight ten pounds ahead of where he wrestled in the Olympics. So he's done his best wrestling at the heaviest weight. Right. Think about Kyle Dake, kept going up in weight class. Frank Chimizo, kept going yeah. up in weight class. Anatoly Belaglasa, three world titles, three different weight classes. That record's still safe. So we're talking about people David who were- Taylor. David Taylor, you know, he's wrestled his best by far at the highest weight. It took him a little bit of time, right? There was like a, a year or two where he wasn't wrestling up, up to the expectations that, that everyone has of him, you know, basically beating the tar out of everyone else. But he's gone up to whatever it is, 189 now, and he's he's doing his best wrestling, <laughs> the gold medalist. I, th I think of didn't Zahid Valencia have a huge growth spurt? Yeah, he was. I think he was a 103 pounder in high school. Yeah. So the bottom line is, if you're a good wrestler, you're a good wrestler. And and again, big mental block. A lot of people just having in their head, these guys are too big for me. Your mentality has got to be okay. Yes, some weight cutting is part of the sport. That being said. I'll take on anyone, anywhere, any weight. I get it. You don't want to be stupid about it. Doesn't mean go pick, start wrestling with your heavyweight all the time. But in other words, within your weight range, you'll wrestle anyone. And you know, the thing is, you know this already because most of you serious wrestlers, you're wrestling with a practice partner who's 10, 15 pounds heavier than you. So you know that already. Now you need to take that with you into the match. Yep. So, so we're saying don't cut weight, but that we're also not saying to be a slob, right? So nowadays, there's so many good resources. So we should touch on just the resources that are available. Again, don't be a slob. If, if you're doing things right, if you're working hard in the wrestling room, if you're lifting weights, if you're running, if you have proper nutrition, you shouldn't be walking. You should be you know, pretty ripped as is. Right? If you're doing all these things right, you should be walking around pretty close to the weight class you wrestle because you're just taking advantage of good resource. Things that weren't around like when we were in high school, right? There's strength coaches. I, th I think of Zach Evanesh. That was just getting started when I was in high school. Wish I took advantage of that. You have nutrition coaches, champion athletes, Dan Warnikoff. That you know they're giving you support throughout the season. They're telling you what you should eat. They're assessing your body fat, your body composition. They're experts in this. There's even now I was just talking to uh, a personal gourmet chef, Brett Smith in town. He's actually cooking for athletes now, right? So the, not only do you have the plan, you have somebody who could actually cook. Gourmet, healthy food for you. So it's just, you know, I'm not saying everyone's going to be able to take advantage of every resource, but there's so much out there where if, if you're, you know, you're wrestling hard, you're running, you're eating well, your nutrition is good, 
you're going to a strength coach, you're exercising, that would be the best, you know, then you don't have to cut too much tech, too much weight. Not to mention, I was going to say that the technique that's available everywhere in flow wrestling and YouTube and club coaches, there's just so much information out there that stop focusing on cutting weight. There's so many other avenues where you can get better. And now it just hit me as you were saying this, I almost started cracking up that thinking about the, um, now that college athletes can make money from the, you know, sponsors, all of a sudden just popped into my head, like, doesn't Muscle Maker and Eat Clean Bro, don't they do something where they distribute meals? That'd be a smart sponsorship to take on, where they're taking care of your meals <laughs> and you're representing their company. So now just maybe something they want to jump on too, obviously those businesses, but yes, capitalize on the resources. You and then the, I was going to say, and then the last thing to talk about, the mindset coach. How could, how could a mindset coach help you with the whole weight cutting phenomena? <laughs> we, have, we have to get over this hump. I mean, you coaches need to get over the hump. You parents need to get over the hump. And you wrestlers definitely need to get over the hump, even if your parents and coaches aren't on board. So the, the key is just being aware of it and starting to look at things a little bit different. I get it. Most coaches and parents, they're so in the weeds and dealing with all these things on a day-to-day -day basis. It's hard to necessarily see everything from these different angles. At Wrestling Mindset, we have that very unique perspective, really the, the, the one-of-a-kind perspective on this mindset. So and behind cutting weight and how it really affects people. And we see the we see the drop off all the time. People studs in high school. They make the jump to college. The coach wants them to cut a lot of weight as a freshman. We knew that athlete wasn't ready to necessarily fully ready to make that transition into high level academics, high level athletics, as well as now for the first time in their life being on their own. And now mom and dad are in setting up literally every single event for them and doing big, all. The yeah, I was going to say big. That's a big caution. The college coaches. Right. Just because they're really good wrestlers and they've had a lot of success and they've probably cut weight before, really be careful that freshman year. Because like you said, they're dealing with so much. Academics are at a new level. College wrestling is a new level. Socially, socially, it's it's completely different. They're away from home for the first time. Not everyone deals well with that. You know, that's some that's an overlooked factor where sometimes people go across the country. So these are things coach coaches beware of that weight cut freshman year. I think that's that's killed a lot of wrestlers. Strong recommendation to college coaches, even at the Division One level. I'm talking to you, even if you're a Division One coach. We hear from wrestlers all the time. Unless this kid is an absolute stud and can and can actually be an All-American, so you realistically, which most of them aren't in that boat, they probably should be wrestling very close to their natural weight their freshman year of college. If your goal is long-term retention, we all know there's a huge drop-off in wrestlers as college goes on. Well, if you want that long-term retention, one of the fastest ways to blow it is have them cut a lot of weight as a freshman. Sophomore year, they're thinking about quitting. Junior year, they probably pull the trigger on quitting. We see it all the time. So strong advice there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. So the next big special is coming. We're do we have the do-it-yourself team program. So basically, we took all of our team lessons and we consolidated to the best team lessons that we believe that a coach at any level could apply to their team immediately. So if you want to implement mindset training with your program, with your team, and you want to do it yourself, that's coming soon. So we, ha we have the program available, but October we're starting a special. So October 1st, which this episode is going to come out in October. So make sure you get in our email list. Go to wrestlingmindset.com. Get our emails. It pops up on the screen right away when you go on, when you go on the website. Check out the do-it-yourself course. We've had college coaches, high school coaches, rec coaches telling us how much they're implementing this in their program and how much it makes it easier and how much it's helping. And then the last thing I got to say is they keep telling us you got to like and subscribe to our channel. 
and then click that bell up on the top to get notifications when a new video comes out. So like, subscribe to Wrestling Mindset on YouTube, hit the bell up top to get notified when a new video comes out, and stay with us at Wrestling Mindset. Make sure you drop us one of these if you like what we're doing. Give us the thumbs up. Just to piggyback on again, yeah, far and away our best program is, of course, the mindset coach works with your team. But yes, some of you coaches, you're more do-it-yourself type people. No problem. We made the do-it-yourself just for you. If you're a parent, you want your kid working with the mindset coach. You want us working with your kid because we are specifically looking at your kid's goals and their health and making an unbiased, giving them unbiased advice outside of their team and their wrestling club. That's very important that you have someone objective that's on the outside who's specifically looking out for the benefit of your kid. So that's ultimately what's going to help get them the best results. When everyone's on that same page, the coaches, the athlete, the parents, the team, and the mindset coach. So whether it's sports, school, or life, mindset makes the difference. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.